0: Well, I'm going to tell you all a little bit about myself. Uh, before I do that, I do just want to explain a little bit of why we're doing this, writing down a big question. We, you, are, you are in the class that is going to address and talk about Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um, raise your hand if you were taught slash memorized all or part of the Westminster Shorter Catechism as a kid. Raise it high! Raise it high! New no gold stars for you! Okay. Um. <laughs> do any of you who who were forced to memorize it or liked to memorize it? Uh, do you? I'm not going to put you on the spot. Don't worry. You don't have to prove it unless you want to. But do you have some of it still memorized? Like it's still in there? It's like I don't know. This catechism of who made you God, and also God made God made all things. Oh, oh, yeah. Why did you make not made? Yes, 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 yes. Very good. Very okay. Oh, that's very good. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Any others? <laughs> Nothing. All gone. It probably it maybe if the memory was jogged, like if I say, like, what is justification? Do you just start to like you get a little quiver and you're like, I think it's there. It's somewhere there. It's in there. I I can taste the candy they gave me right now. It's on. It's a, hey, don't stress out about it. Okay, it's okay. It's okay. Go, Pat. Go. Um, well, we are going to talk this week about the Westminster Shorter Catechism. But because the Westminster Shorter, and we're going to talk about what that is, if you're like, that's okay. Um, because it's in a question and answer form, I thought it would be good for us not to just start at the beginning and run through the whole catechism. We're going to approach the Westminster Shorter Catechism from the perspective of our questions. Um, and here's why I want to do that. I know that you have questions. I know you do. We all do. Uh, we have questions about God, questions about the universe, questions about ourselves, questions about what's going on in the world. And um, some of those questions might even keep you up at night. Um, I want to stir the pot so that we are not afraid to look at those questions, to really engage with those questions, and I'm going to make, spoiler alert, bold statement number one, I think, as we, no signal, are you kidding me, nobody was going to tell me, this is like the office, when the DVD thing, you know, you guys know what I'm talking about, it's going to go in the corner, you have to, t- oh, okay, nobody look, while I do my password, you're looking, I can feel it, you all know I'm changing that later, definitely, definitely, um, bold statement. Of the day, I think as we study the Westminster Shorter Catechism this week, all of your Mm, a lot of your questions, a lot, all, maybe all of your questions, a lot of your questions will be answered or reframed. I know. Don't. But hey, but at the end of the day, you're not gonna. I'm not gonna be the one to answer your questions. It's the Westminster Shorter Catechism that's gonna do that. So, if you've got an issue at the end of the week, you're like, this didn't answer any of my questions, and take it up with the guys from 1643. Okay. Um, all right. A little bit about. Myself. I totally messed this up in the first class, by the way. Like I, I had all these pictures, and I just like blah, here's who I am, and then I like had to go through the pictures slowly and be like, Yeah, these are so anyway. This is my family. Um, that's my wife, Allison, my daughter Mabel, and that's me on the right, if you couldn't tell. That's another picture of my family. That's my wife Allison, my daughter Mabel. That's me. All right, enough pictures of my family. But oh well, one more. That's my wife Allison. That's Mabel. And that face sort of terrifies me. I don't know. Like she's being held by mom and dad. She's swinging through the air. She's supposed to be having fun, and she's just stoic. Chandler, did I leave that out? Oh my gosh! What what if I just never said this is this is me? That's who I am. Nameless one, Chandler. The one with the face. Chandler is my name. Okay, I grew up in Atlanta, Georgia, greatest state in the world. South Carolina is a close second. And I went to the University of Georgia. My mom and dad went to the University of Georgia. My wife went to the University of Georgia. My wife's mom went to the University of Georgia. My sister went to the University of Georgia. We are dogs. And if anybody's got anything to say about it, then... (laughs) Okay? This is, I think, my best day at the University of Georgia. Uh, College Game Day was there. It was 2013. We were playing L.S. Who. We beat them. And that's Tom Rinaldi on College Game Day. That's me using a foam finger to give him what looks like a wet willy on television. And someone took that picture and sent it to me. And I think it might—it's been my Facebook profile for—that was a long time ago. So, anyway, this is Greenville, South Carolina. That's where my wife and child and I lived. I'm the youth director at Downtown Presbyterian Church. This is Downtown Greenville. How beautiful! Mm. And this is my house. Just kidding. (laughs) Um, Who knows what building this is for? For candy. Who said Abby? You said Abby. Oh, so good. Tell me your name again. David. David. See, you were nervous about the justification thing? How does a how does a how does a great charms thing blow pop sound? You like another flavor better? Yeah. Okay, well, that's you're getting that one. Okay. That's great. That's this is Westminster Abbey. Who knows what city it's in? She mouthed it, so sugar babies for you? Who said Greenville? Somebody said Greenville? Piece of candy, because that is hilarious. (laughs) Okay, this is the Westminster Abbey. It's still there. I've been there. That might actually be a modern picture. But it's been around for multiple hundreds of years. And look how beautiful. Um, All right, guys. We are... Let me make sure. Hold on. Oh, good. Yes, yes. In 1643... Go back with me. You can. You can. You're there, aren't you? Let's close our eyes. It's 1643. Mmm, the spring air of London in 1643. There's no smog because there's no cars. There, everyone's pale because there are no tanning salons. Oh, you can open your eyes. I'm done with that ridiculousness. Okay, in 1643, in England. Uh, there was what we might call a divide in the church of England. Uh, Similar to our world today, there were different denominations, people who had different opinions about what God is like, how church should be done, what Christianity is, how God saves people, what is true. And they were at odds with each other, these denominations. So, because in England they had a state church, which means the church is effectively part of the government of England. The government, the parliament, that's like our congress, said, you know what we're going to do? We see this division going on out in the church. We're going to force a bunch of pastors to get in a room, and they're going to have to hammer out what we really believe as Christians. Like They're going to have to answer the question, what is Christianity? Please imagine with me for a second if right now the Congress of the United States of America said, look, we've got all these nominations. I mean, even in the Presbyterian world, we got EPC, there's PCA, we've got PCUSA. I mean, these people are all at odds. We're just going to put 150 Presbyterians in a room. They've got 10 years to hammer out what Christianity is. And they have to agree, totally. They have to agree. I think a lot of people would die if they tried to do that. Um, But that's exactly what they did in England. Parliament. That's like, they still have parliament. That's like their Congress. They make laws and stuff. They called a group of pastors to get into a room and answer the question what is Christianity? Now, this is, because there's no cameras and things like that, this is, I think. One of the only images that was produced out of the Westminster Assembly, they called it. And it was called Westminster Assembly because it happened at Westminster Abbey, that beautiful building. So this is inside that beautiful building, and all of these, about 130 guys, mostly from England. There are like nine people from Scotland there. They're my favorite because I have Scottish heritage or whatever. That's what I'm talking about. you You know what's up. Okay, this is them getting together. And... This is as close as I could come to dressing up like what they called a divine. They call them Westminster Divine. So I this is me wearing my divine costume. Now, I know what you're thinking. That's a bathrobe and some weird thing. Well you try getting on Amazon and finding one of those collars. What do you type in? Frilly collar? Uh, fluffy collar? Giant scrunchie? It's hard. And this is as good as I could do. Right here. So, do what? Little tutu. It's a uh, Wait. <laughs> <Yes>. Little tutu. <too-too. laughs> so, uh, this is the Westminster Assembly. Um, here's what they did at the Westminster Assembly. They produced a few documents that are really, really, really important. To us. And I would even say uh, they're like they're like they're like almost ultimately important to all of your churches. Here are the documents that they produced. It took them ten years. They came up with the Westminster Confession of Faith. You've heard people talk about that. Some people reference it in sermons, and usually when a pastor says the Westminster Confession of Faith says, everybody's like, falls asleep. So they produced the Westminster Confession of Faith. They produced the Westminster Larger Catechism. That's like a question and answer with these short questions, long answers. And then they produced the Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is what we're going to talk about. The Shorter Catechism is even shorter questions in the Longer Catechism and even shorter answers. Um, When they produced the Westminster Confession of Faith, it's kind of this long, sort of cumbersome, hard-to-read document. If you haven't read it, please read that thing. It's for sale in the bookstore. It's super cheap. You can get it. It's free online. You can just Google it. it. was Mr. Confession of Faith? It's like tough mudding, but you know those people who do the Spartan races? They get to the end, and it's like, oh my gosh, I did it. The endorphins are going, and I like, I'm like a better person now because I did that. You could do that. You could do it tonight. It's not that long. You can actually listen to it. It's on podcast. Just Google it. Um, when they finished writing that, there were some people who looked around and said, okay, this is good. Like what we've what we've come to here, it took us years to produce, this is good stuff, but it's a little bit hard to understand. It's a little bit hard to read. So we need to come up with a question and answer form of all of these truths so that people can understand them better. Maybe people can even memorize them. So they did that. They came up with the Westminster Larger Catechism. Um, after they did that, some people looked at that larger catechism and they said, you know what? This is good, but it could be even better. We could make this even more simple. We could make this even easier to understand. We could take all these amazing truths that we just we've read the Bible for years and years and years and years and try to figure out all of these truths. So let's, let's not stop at the larger catechism. Let's make it even smaller, even easier to understand. And they came up with the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um, so good. I want to uh, I want to read something for you about Westminster Shorter Catechism. Um That's going to be, I mean, we're going to have to put on our thinking caps because what I'm about to read you was written in the 17th century, which took me forever to figure out that the 17th century means 1600s. That's a pro tip for you. When you go to college, they're just not going to even tell you that. They'll just say, in the 17th century, and you might be a buddy-duddy thinking they mean the 1700s. Those are two different things. 1700s, the 18th century, 1800s, 19th century, 1900s, 20th century. Right now, you think, you think. We're living in it. its 2020th century. No, we're not. 20th century was so last century. We're in the 21st century. Wow. I need some help. Okay. This is my Westminster Confession of Faith. Mmm. My prized possession. I'll leave it for my children when I'm gone. But for real, I will. Um, and it contains the Confession of Faith, the larger and shorter catechisms, and... I know what you're thinking. You said, that's not hard to read. I could read it in a day. That book looks like you could hurt someone with it. Why is it so big? Well, here's why. Because it's also got the Directory for Public Worship. Mmm! Now that is some good nighttime reading. And associated historical documents, because you don't want to leave those out. what I'm about to read you is from an associated historical document. And here's what it is. Uh, One of the guys... One of the guys named Thomas Manton. You need that name. It's going to be on the quiz. Thomas Manton. I'm just kidding. Please don't write that down. Thomas Manton decided to write a letter to readers of the Confession, Large Catechism, and Shorter Catechism. I'm going to read just a couple of sentences, and there are some... Words, and I'll try to like do the transliteration thing so we make it a little more simple, but I want you to like try, get up here with me in the clouds, and I want you to hear what Thomas Manton says is the reason that they came up with the Westminster Shorter Catechism. Listen to what he says. A family is the seminary of church and state. And if children be not well principled there, all miscarrieth, everything dies. A fault in the first concoction is not mended in the second. If youth be bred ill in the family, they prove ill in church and commonwealth. Uh, They wrote, they spent 10 years coming up with the Westminster Shorter Catechism for youth. That's you. Uh, when they sat around and they were hammering out all these truths, they were not thinking about their 58 year old neighbor who's all crotchety and angry about uh, his you know church, or what's going on in the church. They were thinking about little kids. And they thought, you know what we need to take these amazing, super important truths and we need to hand them to kids. I, I like to think of it like this. The shorter catechism is I'm, I-, I love it, I just love it, I just do. If you think that makes me a dweeb, then good. So be it. Um, I think the Westminster Shorter Catechism is like I'm a four-year-old and somebody walks up to me, my four-year-old self, and says, you're not going to believe how good a 55-ounce porterhouse steak is. Here, eat it. A four-year-old is going to look at it and be like, are you kidding me? I'm not allowed to use knives. My teeth cannot... I don't even have teeth to bite through this. I just lost my first tooth. I'm going to lose the rest of them trying to eat this steak. Okay. All of the truths held in the Westminster Shorter Catechism that we're going to talk about this week are like a porterhouse steak. Like just perfect crust on the top and the bottom, big green egg, salt, pepper, compound butter, mashed potatoes, and green beans next to it. And what they did is they took that porterhouse and they cut it up into these teeny, tiny, little succulent slices, and they're just handing it to each of us. And there's 107 questions. a big steak. 107 questions. They're just chopping it up and handing it to us. Um, that's what the Westminster Shorter Catechism is like. <clears throat> now, I, I said earlier, a little, maybe a little audaciously, that some of our questions are going to be answered or reframed. Here Here's some things that we're going to deal with explicitly. Like these questions are, we are going to take these head on. Uh, first, why do I exist? I don't know if that freaks you out at all, even to ask that question. Like, why am I here? If you lay in bed at night and wonder, why am I here? Like, my parents had a child. I'm that child. I didn't exist. Now I exist. And there's like supposed to be a reason that I exist. Like, what in the world am I here for? What is my life about? We're going to talk about it. They talk about it. It's pretty cool. Um, what is God like? People talk about God a lot. They say God does things. He did things. He is some way. He's there. What is He like? does God Where do I begin? When I think about God. Why do bad things happen? Okay, this question if I'm being totally real with y'all, I, I wish the question was not why do bad things happen. I wish it was just why is the world the way it is? Like, why is everything so sad? Why is the news the way the news is? Why could like right now we could just Google like you, you guys ever heard of the Florida Man Challenge? Anybody this is the first I I never heard about this. You know what it, you know what it is? Okay, Florida man challenge, you Google your birthday and then Florida man. And you see what a Florida man did on your birthday, and it's always like, absolutely, like he robbed some old lady. Like Florida man robs an old lady on January 30th, and you're like, oh my gosh, really? Every single day of the week, a Florida man is doing something ridiculous. And that, let's be totally honest, an old lady getting robbed is mild in our world today. It's mild. Like I would take that over the thousands of things that are happening that we don't even hear about in the news. So why do bad things happen? Why is the world the way it is? And finally, how can I be right with God? We on the drive down here, we saw a uh, billboard. It's actually close to Greenville. It says, "When you die, you will meet God." It was like the entire van, just like we turned the Miley Cyrus down, and it was like it's kind of it's kind of frightening. Um, we weren't listening to Miley. Cyrus. <laughs> um, we will all meet God one day. So it's it's like really important for us to be able to answer that question. How can I be right with God? So that we could be driving down the road, see that billboard, and not freak out. See it and not be afraid. We're going to talk about those things uh, this week. Okay, um, here's what I want us to do. Can someone tell me what uh, what time it is? How much time do we have left? 10.40. We have how many minutes? 20. 20. Okay, great. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Okay. Um, here's what we going to do. I just want to offer... I want to sort of look at two questions of the catechism. Now, every other day is not going to be like this. We're actually going to sort of take the catechism as it comes to us uh, slightly. So we're going to start sort of in the beginning, and we'll move through a big swaths of questions over the next couple days Um but today, since we've just got a few minutes left, I just want to look at two questions. I just picked them, not sort of at random. They're two of my favorite questions. But I want um, to look at these two questions before uh, we wrap up for the day. Um, let me make one encouragement before we do this. If you don't have a copy of the Westminster Shorter Catechism, they're for sale in the bookstore um, in the back of the Promised Land for like a $1.50. You can get one, get a copy. They're over against the wall. Um, And I highly recommend. Okay, uh, we're going to look at these two questions really quickly. And then we're going to do a quick exercise at the end. And then we'll be done. All right, so first, this is question 25. I said earlier there's 107 questions. So we're skipping 24 questions at the beginning. We're going to get into all those, but um, we're going to ask this question. So I'm going to read... This part on the left. And um, how do you all feel about reading together? Can we read together the answer? Is that cool? Yeah, okay. So I'm going to read the question, and then we'll read the answer together. So question 25 says, How does Christ execute the office of a priest? Christ executes the office of a priest in His once offering up of Himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice and reconcile us to God, and in making continual intercession for us. Okay, Uh, I was like 22 years old. In college, I used to love getting arguments with people. Love it because if you're like a super Christian, that's what you do. You like pick fights with other Christians about different stuff. Well, I was raised in a Presbyterian church, so let's talk about let's talk about God's sovereignty, and then you just like battle with people. Well, one day, I met this guy who uh, he was part of a religious group called Christadelphian. Anybody ever heard of a Christadelphian? Very, there's not, not very many of them. Uh, they believe some strange things about Jesus. Some things that are uh, not in the Bible about Jesus. Well, this guy was really sure of what he believed. And we're having this back and forth about what he believes. And I was like trying to say what I believe. And I was getting nervous the entire time because it really seemed like he knew his stuff and he was really confident. And I wasn't. So we've been going on and on and on, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Who's winning? I don't know. Clearly him. And then, at the end of the conversation, he said, Chandler... What is the gospel? You say you believe in the gospel. That's the key. That's the most important thing. You've got this gospel that you believe in. What is the gospel? I remember I said to him, I was like, "Um, yeah, so, I th- I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I wrote down like, like a pretty good summary of the gospel in like a quiet time, few days, de- maybe a few weeks ago. Can I? I'm, let me grab my journal real quick, and I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look at that, and then I'm. I'll, I'll be right back. He goes. Are you serious? You need to look at your journal to answer the question. What is the gospel? And I was like, Yeah. I wish so badly that I had known this catechism question and answer. Um, we talk about Jesus a lot. We talk about what He did for us. We're so thankful for what Jesus did for, We're so thankful for Jesus' love for us. But what if I asked you the question, what did He do for you? What is it that Jesus did for you? What is so great about what Jesus did for you? This catechism question answers that question. Look at the three things that it tells us. Christ executes the office of a priest three ways. It is once offering up of Himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. So like, okay, Jesus dies on the cross because you and I deserve to be punished for the bad things that we've done, but He stands in our place and satisfies divine justice in our place. And we're just getting started, that is some good news. And reconcile us to God. You can see this satisfied divine justice and reconcile us to God. So now that Jesus has stood in our place, satisfied divine justice, our relationship with God—we're like we're back in relationship. We can we can know God. God can look at us and say, "I love you. You're my child." And it doesn't stop there. And in making continual intercession for us. Jesus did not just die for you. Jesus did not just put you in relationship with God. Right now, right now, Jesus is standing at the right hand of the Father, and when God looks at you, even when you do something bad, when you do something you're not supposed to do, God can look at you and hear the voice of Jesus saying into the ear of the Father, His sins are paid for. Her sins are paid for. No, no condemnation needs to fall on that person because I died for them. He's, that's where that's where he is right now. That's what he's doing right now. That is the good news. That is what Jesus did for you if you trust in him. Okay, y'all. That is a that's like a nuclear bomb of good news. And you've got to read the Bible for a decade to get that. A decade. I could not come up with that. I could not. That is but ba na Okay, what would it do for you if you carried that around? Like if you just, like just from time to time, it just popped in your mind. Oh, Jesus offered up of Himself a sacrifice to satisfy divine justice. Divine justice is satisfied for me. He reconciled me to God. Right now He's interceding for me. Like this afternoon, when somebody makes the wrong call on the volleyball court and you start to like freak out because you're like, how dare you, I'm the greatest volleyball player ever, I know the rules better than anyone, and you're here to ruin my game, but then it hits you. God loves me. God, God loves me. Who cares about volleyball if that's true? told y'all. love this stuff. So what exactly is the gospel? How does that relate I think that's the answer. That is the, that is the good news. Jesus died for us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's a place to start. I think it's a place to start. It is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. All right. Let's jump into this last question that we're going to talk about today. Question 34. What is adoption? Let's do the same thing. I'll ask the question and then um, we'll do the answer. And do the answer together. What is adoption? Adoption is an act of God's free grace whereby we are received into the number and have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. Um, we believe that uh, we were born in sin and that it's because God decided to invite us into His family that we are His children. That's what we believe. Um, Alright, just two things I want to point out, and then we're going to move on. First, uh, like how good is your status as a Christian that you are God's child? Like How good is it that you are God's child? Look at what it says. If you're God's child, you have a right to all the privileges of the sons of God. Um, do you know who Warren Buffett is? One of the richest men, one of the richest men in the world. Do you know that when his kids were adults, uh, one day he called them and said, "Hey, I've been thinking about it, and I'd like to give each of you a Bill B." billion dollars. What he give you a billion dollars? And he did. He gave his kids a billion dollars. Uh, Warren Buffett is like a teeny little footnote throughout all time. And God has infinitely more money, infinitely more power than Warren Buffett. That's whose child you are. And you have all the privileges of the child of God. There's, there's no like, it's a level playing field in God's family. Every child of God has all the privileges of being a child of God. Okay, how much does it cost to become a child of God? Where do I sign up? How much do I have to pay? Adoption is an act of God's free grace. It costs zero dollars. It costs zero good works to become a child of God. That is like, that is almost a dangerous thing to say is true. Okay, um, let's do this to to wrap up our time. Um, A couple of ground rules. First, questions are always welcome. If you've got a question, like I say something, you're like, I'm not sure if that's true. This guy seems crazy. He showed up wearing a costume. Please raise your hand and ask that question or write it down on a note card, hand it to me afterwards or just come talk to me afterwards or even better, go ask your youth pastor. Um, They have all the answers and I don't. Um, but your questions are welcome. If you've got a question stirring in your mind, you're like, golly, I really feel like if I ask this, it might lead him to believe that I'm like not a Christian and I'm not sure about this. You better ask that question. You better. I would so much rather you ask that question than just hold it inside. Because guess what? When you go to college, you're not going to be the one asking yourself that question. Somebody else is going to ask it to you. So please get it out there. Please. And second, let's scuba dive. Uh, here's what I mean by that: you got the opportunity to either like swim on the surface of this stuff, which is fine. It's your prerogative. Swim on the surface. I don't care. I do care. I really care. But you can scuba dive. Like we can deep dive into this stuff. We can we can really get a lot out of this week as we look at the catechism, um, if if we're willing to to dig in together. Okay, um, I'm going to pray for us, and then I want you guys to do this before uh, before we're done. On a note card, I'm going to hand these out. I want you to write down why you exist. And if you're like IDK, write IDK. Um, Or just try to answer the question. Why do you exist? exist, exist? You, personally. You as an individual, why do you exist? Let me pray for us and then um, we'll do that. Uh, Father in heaven, you are so good to us. God, we, uh, we thank you for this time we have together. God, we thank you uh, for your truth, that you would stoop down to reveal yourself to us, to show us who you are, uh, to love us, and to, to help us to see just how much you love us. Allow us to enjoy the fact that You've loved us in Jesus. God, we want to not just know stuff. We want to know You. We want to be closer to You. We want to fall deeply in love with You this week. So would You do that? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.